right, boys. Well, we're finally here. We're finally able to throw on some microphones together. Probably, if you downloaded this, folks, you know, you know what you're getting. And if you don't, my name is Mark. I'm one third of the Light Centers, and we're putting together a podcast to explain, well, almost everything, boys. Almost everything. <laughs> Please introduce yourselves for the fine folks at home. Uh, my name is Derek, and I'm the drummer. And my name is Sean, and I'm the guitar player and synth and all that fun stuff. Chief chemist. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I like chief chemist. Chief chemist is a great term. I like that. Because you, you take things that normally people wouldn't think and you put them together to see what works. Now, sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it blows up, and we look like Beaker and, and you know. <laughs> Beaker. <laughs> Or the chef. I guess the chef is better. I think you just aged yourself a little bit with the Beaker reference. Right, because, well, I mean, I'm I'm dating myself, obviously. I don't know the new (laughs) things, all right? I don't, don't, you know. What do I got, SpongeBob? And even that's, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah, yeah. All right, no more cartoon references. No no 1984 Muppets references. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll avoid Transformers and G.I. Joe. The more you know. Um, All right, old people will get a kick out of that, and that's about So, anyway what we're doing here um we have a new record coming out and we had a talk and decided maybe it'd be a good idea to kind of do a companion podcast some history of the band and get a little bit of a deep dive into the writing of the songs and how we got here the recording process and and, and everything that kind of went into that because just from my perspective being the new guy in the band um i am not up on the post-rock genre i am i am fairly well i was fairly ignorant to it um so i thought man i you know if i had a (laughs) a post-rock for dummies book at barnes and noble or or someone to guide me so obviously i've done a ton of research myself but to have just a little podcast to throw up and, and and explain things and give you a little primer uh i i hope i hope that we get a lot of people who maybe didn't want to jump in because they didn't know about it to just hear this and just go, oh, oh, it's like um, someone giving you a cheat code to solve a big mathematical equation or like somebody making sense of something that nobody else in a way that nobody else could. I'm um, hoping this podcast serves that purpose, but I'd like to start and Sean and Derek, you guys can obviously are going to have to speak on this because I wasn't here but I'd like you guys to start with the origin of the band, kind of where it started and, and where it kind of evolved to with the the music before our newest release. Well, uh, Derek and I were actually playing in a surf rock band called Gnarly Atari. And uh, for some reason, I forget why, but I think our bass player needed to take some time for like a month or something like that. I think that. it was covid was it COVID? Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, he needed to take a little bit of time uh, to get right. And so while we were sitting back holding our hands, just like, okay, well, what are we going to do uh, while we're off? Um, we kind of wrote a love letter to post-rock um, with the album Derek is an Astronaut. Um, I started just um, kind of putting together some tracks and some guitar stuff I had in my mind, but it was all very organic um if you listen back to that album you'll find little mistakes all through it um whether it's um an off note here or maybe off time coming into a course whatever usually by every song by about halfway through it would really click and everything came together and you know started sounding really impactful Uh, but it definitely wasn't polished um and it wasn't even I would say not thought out in any way, shape or form like a stream of consciousness. It absolutely was. Uh, yeah. We wrote that entire album and recorded it within like a three week period. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we did not do that on a new record. First. Yeah. So it, basically the writing process for that album for me, because, you know, we wouldn't always be in the same room together um, when writing. As a matter of fact, we weren't at all. Um, I would sit down in the studio and I would kind of mess around with my pedal board and my delay pedals and kind of come up with a sound that I liked that kind of was inspirational and that would put me in a headspace. And uh, I would set the tempo to whatever I was working with on my pedal board. I would hit record and whatever came out, came out. So, um, 
you know, those songs, some of them are like 14, 15 minutes long. And, uh, you know, I would basically just sit down and, uh, with a cleanish delayed tone, just whatever happened, happened. And that would create the entire, um, structure, structure of, of, of that song. And then from that point, I would go back and layer, uh, lead guitar parts, you know, backup rhythm parts, bass, synth, you know, all that kind of stuff to pull it all together. But it was all to a click. And then the hard part came in because when you're doing a stream of consciousness like that, you know, you might be playing a song in, uh, say, 3-4, like Singularity of Phoenix A. Um, and you come to, like, this bridge section. And I'm doing air quotes right now because there's, you know, not, not a whole lot of structure going on there. But, like, you know, you come to a, a change in a section and, you know, it's not like your typical, like, you know, eight measures or something like that and then like you come back into the course sometimes it was like three or sometimes it was six or sometimes it was like an oddball seven or something like that whatever you were feeling like in the moment yeah whatever happened and like you know oh this feels right okay go in the next part and you know i kind of made a rule for myself that everything on that album was one take every lead part was one take uh the original guitar part if you look at the, the session files it's all like the main guitar part that's building the structure of the song is one continuous. One, yeah, it's just one continuous track. It's never been edited, punched in, or anything like that. Um, and I, I really wanted to be raw and visceral, as if like we were playing live in a room as much as possible. And I thought the only way to get that was if we just basically do everything within one take. Um, but once that was done, and I think in the co- other cool part about that album was that the order that you see them on the the record was the order that they were recorded in. Yep. And created. So starting with Ascension of the Great Attractor, um, that was the very first song that we wrote together with the Light Cinders. Um, But then once all that was done, it was the hard part. I'm going to let Derek speak on this because I basically asked him to come in and make sense of this mess that I created. (laughs) By the way, um, yeah, could you just maybe play on this and yeah, fix it. Thanks. Yeah. It was, you know, honestly, it was more of like uh, because I did lack so much structure outside of like here's some quiet parts here's some really heavy parts it was really up to him to flesh out and define the song i mean it really gave it life and so um you know maybe you can speak to that a little bit more because you had to come in completely blind and you told me it's like you know i play jazz i've done this i can you know pick right up and play anything that's what gave me the confidence to say hey if i just record this to a click you'll figure it out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that that was so it, it was great that you had done it through the stream of consciousness as well, because, you know, it's all organic. And then that would I would listen to the songs a few times before coming in. And when I mean a few times, they're really long songs. So I mean, like two or three times yeah. that I'm and then that's my exposure to the song before I'm sitting at the drum stool getting ready to record it. And so everything that comes through on the percussion end is in that same fashion. It, 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 it was able, I was able to identify at least after a few times, like, Hey, what is he trying to do here? And then I can come in and match that. And of course, like the hardest parts that we always had, like you would always kind of give me hand signals was saying, Hey, this is, this part's definitely coming to an end. That was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without those beacons, I, I, I at least had that going. And honestly, yeah. I wouldn't even know unless I was like looking at the session as it's going on. I'm like, okay, all the waves are getting a little bit smaller here. Okay, this is getting right in on yeah. this part, and I'm cl- and I'm counting counting the clicks down for you a little bit. Yeah, like, just, with, just with hand signals like yeah. over here, like an editor's here. note uh, inside baseball here. Um, that continues to this day. Yes, um, at different to. points in different songs, both Derek and I need need the hand cue from Sean. <laughs> um, I've gotten better as I've played the songs more, but yeah, the first first time I came down to jam, and we'll we'll get into the detail of that more later. Um, I I absolutely needed them. Um, so yeah, just editor's note real quick. That still happens <laughs> to this day. So I was so impressed with Derek. I mean, uh, he's Thanks, honestly man. the heart and the soul and the core of this band. And you know, these guys talking no, to me about like some kind of like chemist, and I'm you know creating all this stuff. I'm just doing stream of consciousness creative stuff that I enjoy, but man, um, the albums are so much better, um, because of Derek and uh, it's seeing him work in person is, um, 
man, we should really take a video and like put it up and actually kind of see the process. It's pretty incredible. Um, you know, like he said, he would listen to the songs like on Derek as an astronaut. There's a reason the album's called that because I was just so impressed with his ability on that song. And literally we created an entire, um, backstory, um, and meaning for ourselves internally within the band, uh, based on that. But, um, you know, he would sit down and, you know, on that first album, there was very few punch-ins. Like, there wasn't like, oh, man, I missed this part, or hey, I want to retry that. It was literally maybe listen to him, play through it once, just to kind of get a feel for everything, and then record straight through, done, 15 minutes straight. And, I mean, there are sections to where it's like, there's like heavy chorus parts to where it's like he's like, you know, really driving the hi-hat or something like that on a part that's like, you know, um, you know, eight minutes long straight and he's just carrying it and sticking like, you know, everything. And, uh, I was just so incredibly impressed with that, that, that whole process that it, again, every time. So I would write a song, we'd record the drums. I would work on the next song. He would record the drums. Sometimes I would go two songs ahead or something like that. Um, but every single time the next song that was written on that album, and again, they were, you know, they appear on the album in the same order in which they were written was, um, inspired by the previous song that was recorded. Um, even though a lot of the songs might sound a little bit different, they'll, they'll have kind of even different styles of post rock kind of, uh, threaded throughout as the album progresses. Um, you know, and I was being inspired by what Derek was doing on the drum. So it's like the next thing I'm like, okay, well, how far can we go with this? How far can we stretch this? Can we change the time signature? Can we, you know, what, what are some fun stuff we can do to kind of play around with this? Because it works. And I was building on what I was doing for the next song because you would, you know, go back, adjust the levels, kind of create the sound for it. And then I would sit there and think, okay, this is what I need to do percussively to make the parts that I like the most stand out more. Yeah. So then yeah, now I mean, going. outsider's perspective, and I'll keep it as general as possible because we're trying to chronologically cover this, but Derek makes the band what the band is. And, and this yeah. is before I came down listening to the two records before the one. Derek makes the band what it is. Derek makes my job interesting every time. I'm never bored as a bass player yeah. waiting. And I, I remember now on the newer record, there was – I think it was one song we did without drums that Sean and I put everything down. And then everything after that, I literally was like, you know, what? I'm just going to wait because Derek has such, such a unique way of how he approaches the parts and how he, he gets the percussion and the rhythm and, and there. And obviously the bass is looking for the drum. You know, we're taught, you know, find the bass drum, find the bass drum, lock in, lock in. Um, it's such a unique way he approaches everything that it's, I almost don't even want to listen to what Sean's done until Derek gets in there because yeah. there's a couple songs where we were, I'd say, you know, messing around, pre-production, just, just checking the parts, and, and that, that helps because we have some really odd stuff going on. But um, And then Derek will come in, and I'll literally just, you know, like, all right, you crumble up the paper. It's like, okay, throw that in the trash can, start well, over. It, it's, it's funny because it's like over. we're so in sync now that like if I'm say if I'm going to lay down a bass track or something like that, I have no problem with whatsoever because I'm already hearing what he's going to do in mm. my head before he does it. So when you know, I and it, and it, I really need to back off and like kind of understand not everybody hears that. Um, my yeah, wife tells me all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bass players telling you no, we don't. Yeah, want you to do <laughs> yeah. So like if like so, there's a new song that's actually. Um, probably going to come out on our next album or an EP or something like that. I've been uh, messing around with now for like three days and uh, I'm sitting there. My wife can recognize it because I kind of zone out and I'm just in it. And she understands now that like I'm hearing the entire orchestration of the entire band in my head, even though I might be sitting there with an electric guitar, not even plugged in, just playing acoustically. But I'm, I'm hearing what Derek's going to do. I'm kind of hearing uh, the parts come together and how they're going to transition and that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of normal for people like when they're writing, I don't know. Um, but you know, when I'm sending you guys a track, that's like just a click and a bunch of guitar stuff going on and maybe some synths or whatever, um, you know, in my head, I'm when I'm listening to it, I'm hearing these massive changes and like, you know, kind of the stuff that I'm, 
fully expect Derek is going to flesh out when he starts playing. So it's not as difficult for me. Um, but I think that, like, you know, it makes that – I think that it's our least listened to album if you go through and look at the numbers, like on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, I think, to jump it, the reason that is – there and it's crazy to me the the small amount of time between them, yeah. But you know, outsider perspective, because obviously I wasn't here when these were done. It's such a jump in, I don't want to say quality because that that visceral one take mentality shines through on that record, and and it's part of its its soul and why it is what it is and why I like it, but. There was such a jump in structure and production yep. and writing and where, where your heads were at on the next thing that I, I have a tough time when I start listening to those songs. I have a tough time not going through the full record because the, the thing that I, I like about post-rock, because I've always been into like theme music or orchestra or movie scores. I've always loved that kind of stuff. So it's tough for me to listen to it like a single yeah. or a favorite song. Like once my shuffle hits one of the older tracks, I'm probably coming off the shuffle and going into the actual record yeah. in my Apple and just hitting the first song and running it through. I mean, we all agree that we, well, the band, I should say, agree the best way to listen to it is top to bottom, yeah. not jump around. Uh, same for the new record. Um, and it always catches me the difference. Like I understand why the first one appeals to me, but the second one just personally yeah. was such a, oh, we're figuring this out now. The, the, the natural evolution of any act took such a huge jump into the second thing that I, man, I, yeah. You know, anytime yeah. I was posting there for a while, I was literally just picking songs. If you go back and look at my Instagram post yeah. when I got in the band, it was all from that record. I admit it. And when I, the I sky was, was open, um, was our first, well, first off, the, just to go back to Derek as an astronaut, we expected no, we didn't expect a single person to listen to this album outside of us. Like it, we, it was a love letter to post rock for ourselves that we made for ourselves. It was very self indulgent. It, it absolutely was. It was just it was something we were doing that we could be proud of. Um, and uh, as it progressed and as it went on, we were like, you know, we felt that there were you know, special moments on the album that really drew us back. And I still, to this day, I mean, now mind you, we just recorded this back in November, 2022. Okay? <laughs> well, that's the crazy so part. So it's, right? it's, Feb it's February, 2024 now. And uh, so, you know, this was just, you know, barely over a year ago um, when, when we recorded uh, Derek is an astronaut. Um, but I will say that, you know, I still go back and listen to it. And uh, even though it's only been a year, it's a very nostalgic thing. And there's still moments on that album that, man, like, you know, we started to kind of figure things out, especially as it went along. Yeah. Um, so leading into And When the Sky Was Open, again, by that point, we had already defined our internal storyline and where we wanted to go with the music. And it that actually informed the sound of the second album. So, and when the sky was open was, uh, you know, the, the, the long format stayed, you know, songs were still 15, 16 minutes long. You look at the session files, that first guitar part was still one solid thing. <laughs> yeah. The only difference was, was like, I was really dialing in where I wanted the parts to change. And yeah, it was you know, much more intentional. It, it, yes, yeah. it was, it was much more laid out. It was much more intentional, but it was so challenging and I can tell you from an audio engineer standpoint, you know, trying to engineer these long format songs is a, um, it's a pretty daunting challenge. Yeah, um, he spends a lot of time. Yeah, I can, I can absolutely, I mean, great. Especially with highly dynamic work. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, if it, if it was all, you know, straight rock or something like that, it's pretty easy because everything's kind of within like a, you know, close dynamic range. But when you're dealing with stuff that's as, you know, just super, super quiet and then going to these really loud parts and, you know, what you're going to bring forward and what you want to highlight. Um, it's a lot of editing afterwards to kind of figure out how you want that song to be structured and how you want to pull together. It's definitely a bigger farm to tend to for sure. Yeah. Like I, I have no idea how, like after all of the dynamics and like all of that stuff, you know, like whenever I'm working on music on my own, like I'll spend forever on like a little 10 second part and I'm like yeah. 10 seconds is like, 
one sixtieth or seventieth of like <laughs> one of our songs. Yeah. So I can't imagine like with all the detail and it it just every time I come back and I listen to it, it just sounds so crisp. I'm like, Yeah, man, you nailed it. So so stylistically, Derek, tell yeah. me about your approach to Am When the Sky Was Open as opposed to Derek as an astronaut, because from outsider's perspective looking into your process and just having conversations with you and being friends and talking about kind of what you're working on as we're going through stuff in two different bands at the same time yeah um on derek as an astronaut you were doing a ton of like different hi-hat exercises yeah kind of working in that direction and then like there was this shift on and when the sky was open when i was kind of telling you know we're kind of going a little bit of a darker heavier direction that like your focus really went to uh snare and tom fill yeah stuff and you really started working on doing complex fills with the music and we it, it, it and, felt progressive in a way yeah it felt almost a shift toward i don't want to say like you know just for generality progressive rock yeah like you were getting almost like the toms had called and were complaining they weren't getting used enough like they weren't <laughs> in the process like hey we we want to be hit too yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> so. what's really funny about that was, you know, as Sean had mentioned, like uh, uh, before, when he said we were writing a, le a love letter to post rock, we so that is true. Uh, but we didn't know that it was post rock that we were writing a love letter to. Yeah. Like we mm. we liked ambient uh, instrumental, like uh, emotionally driven music that yeah. was organic. And then by the time we had made our first album, I didn't even know what we were doing. We were just <laughs> making it and then close, I think, to either wrapping up that first album or after we had Sean looks at me and he says, man, I, I think we make post rock music. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Well, I, I used to listen to a lot of post rock music and I kind of am doing like something very different from that with my drumming, which is what yeah. makes that unique combination on that first record with, especially coming from like something like Portishead and stuff like yeah. that back in the oh, day. God. So I like, yeah, yeah. love that. It's like, yeah, it's so different. Well, I mean, you say, so, you know, you're coming from at the, at that time, you know, it's, it's a surf, you know, themed kind of, you know, and that's a very regimented style of music. In my opinion, not, I'm not talking good, bad. I'm not judging it at all. I'm just saying, if you go and look at, you know, the litany of surf music, it's it's a formula, just like pop music yeah. is a formula. Rock, you know, jazz. Well, not jazz. Take jazz out of there. I don't want to no, get any nasty not. emails or, <laughs> or, or socials. Um, you know, but the stuff that at least I grew up on was always very regimented. There were certain rule, unwritten rules you were taught. And, you know, and I'll get into it later, but, man, that's why I am, I am having a ball being here. And it has probably been one of the greater challenges I've ever faced as a musician. I've been playing what, close almost 30 years, 35 years. So yeah. Wow. But yeah, I, you have a very unique take on how you approach things. And it's very cool that I'm getting in where I'm at because into the progression, because from the first to the second was amazing. I think we, it's not as big a jump in my opinion from second to third, but it is different. Is very I don't know, much man. different. I, I think there's a. I think there is a much much bigger jump, uh, stylistically and intentionality. Yeah, I was uh, actually going to the burning of Thing Lemu. More obsessively listening to like I would go from listening to each song, you know, like a few times, to now it's like on repeat for a week. Yeah. So I would be coming in and I'm like, hey, I, w I would be telling him, hey, this is what I'm going to do on this track, and then he would say, yeah, that sounds like that's going to work. Go for it, and so, then. Like, as I would uh, go through it, you know, at, at times here and there, we, we only had to make a couple of adjustments to, like, stylistically what I was doing um, because I drink a lot of energy drinks. I come <laughs> into it with a lot of energy. Listen to a lot of do make say think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> coming fine. in with, like, polyrhythms in your head, and it's like, no, bro, it's 4-4. Four, four, it's okay. No, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, so watch this. Flying around. <laughs> Yeah, or, so or, or I'm in the back of the studio. I can't play anything to that. <laughs> well, like as we're recording, you know, it was it, starting. I had a lot more of a like a a time, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do to this. But by the end of the, like the end of the recording process, when we got those last two tracks down, I was just coming in. I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing with these guys. Well, I mean, we're uh, we're jumping right to new things. So let me yeah let me yeah, kind yeah, of yeah jump yeah, in real uh, quick. Yeah, I just. You know, I, I guess this is where I'll kind of pop in a little bit and, and just 
drag your feet a little bit for a second before we jump into the new stuff. I'll take a drink of water. Yeah, I, I want to <laughs> stop real quick and touch on kind of where I came into this. Um, in that, I, I mean, I'll take it from my perspective again, and you guys can kind of, but, you know, basically I had done most of my damage as a musician on the East Coast. Um, I ended up moving out here. That's a whole nother podcast in itself that will not happen right now. Um, and ended up in Arizona. I had been here, geez, about seven years. And everything I tried to learn about music out here and getting into something just kept making me more and more frustrated to find a project worth doing, putting time into. Um, I come from mainly rock and alternative background. Um, I was very fortunate my dad was in like Motown and, I, and then I had the Philly sound, which... Sean and I share love for certain things we'll get into later. <laughs> um, so I had a pretty well-rounded upbringing musically, but it was mostly, you know, rock, alternative. And then I, I did covers for a while. I got the least experience. So I just say that as a reference point in how I approached writing and songwriting and, and the people that I dealt with. But I, I, I want to jump in and I just want to say, um, you know, I want to shout out a congratulations to Mark for six months. Uh, removed from male prostitution. Um, it, it was a tough transition for him. Yeah, uh, the money's a lot less on this. Yeah. <laughs> a lot less money. <laughs> so, so we, uh, yeah. So Derek and I, and, and so going back to the first two albums, like you know, before jumping to the new stuff with Mark, I just want to say that, like, I want to say thank you to In the Woods and Where Post Rock Dwells. Uh, these are massive YouTube channels with massive following that's been doing it for so long. And these guys, um, with, you know, going back to saying like with Derek as an astronaut, we had no intention of anybody ever hearing it. Um, out of the blue in the woods found us just because we were on band camp and they probably had some kind of algorithm or some kind of way to find us, but they found us. Um, they were very, intrigued by the album and they chose to highlight it on their channel and all of a sudden and and they didn't even tell us by the way um <laughs> i don't yeah i just happened to be on uh youtube one day and our album popped up and it had like five thousand views within a couple of days and i'm like texting Derek, like are you seeing this this is insane <laughs> um you know people are streaming this they're talking you know there's conversation happening about it and people seem to be really into it so that really influenced our decision on how we approach with more professionalism on and when the sky was opened and you know and that's also going to that's what led to some of the changes that we made and the direction that we're going with this new album um is because you know these great people you know and even with our last album where post rock dwells actually invited us to do um day one world premiere live event where we were just uh we listened to the album with fans all over the world at the same time and chatted with them as it was released i think i was at work i was yeah, so sad. Yeah, I, I was like looking I, every between oh i was <laughs> checking for those updates i was, I was like, like i was like text you as we're going along it's like man i think it's going all right i think people are really oh man they really love your drums like, like, it's oh, like yeah. they're really they're really into this yeah um so uh, we're hoping to do the same thing here uh with the burning of thing and Lou. um but with that said after that album we were really focused on wanting to like okay how do we play live yeah, that was a big with focus. two guys. Okay, uh, there's some of these songs that has like seven and eight guitar parts. You know, everything's kind of synced to a click, and then we have you know all these backing tracks and pads and stuff going on underneath. It's like we can't do this as a two person band. We're going to have to find other people to be able to play live. Um, and so that was our focus. So you know, we started putting out fillers to try to find uh, other guitar players and bass player. And um, we had actually auditioned a few other bass players and like didn't really feel like it was the right fit. Um, and then Mark hits me up and he's just absolutely ecstatic about the music, um, absolutely saying all the right things. Is like, man, I'm in it. Like, I want to go. And, uh, and he's just a cool dude. Just a cool guy. Yeah. Right, look, yeah. You know, I, I know we're recording and it's it's safe for posterity. You don't have to lie. It's okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I actually, I actually think you're it, cool. Dude. It was, it was basically. We had no intention necessarily of including anybody else in the writing of the new album unless it was, you know, like or including anybody as in, again, air quotes, permanent members of the band. Because up to this point, our process has worked so well uh, for us 
personally, like whether the end product and you, you know, you guys can make it your decision on that of whether you like it or hate it. But uh, for us, it's like we were really enjoying the process and what we were working with and we were able to work fast. You know, um, it was November of 2022 that we released Eric as an astronaut. Uh, February of 2023, we dropped in When the Sky Was Open. A few weeks after that, we dropped an EP yep. for Translunar Injection Go. Just cranking it out. Yeah, we were just cranking it out. And we never, we haven't stopped writing since. We've just continued to just write music. We have stuff on the back burner that didn't even make it on this album that'll Very probably true. make an appearance on an EP, you know, here yep. in a few months, you know. Um, and so we're just going to keep moving with that. What was cool was Mark was like, A, I will fit into your guys' process. I will find a way to make it work. And one major thing happened in that process. Up to that point, I thought that I was like decent, respectable on bass, you know, on, on the previous tracks. And I think that there was like some bass parts that actually stood out a little bit like on And When the Sky Was Open. Yeah. Um, man, I didn't realize how terrible I was until Mark came along and All like right, actually now, started now, playing. Well, I've been quiet over here. Let, let me jump in. <laughs> yeah, I, I was doing a lot of smiling listening to you playing, man. It was yeah, so really the, the, cool the, It's not just, it's not just the note selection. It's not just the timing. Obviously, that stuff's it's better because well, he's a bass player yeah. and, and I'm a guitar player playing bass. But in, in, but in fairness. It's your tone as well. It's the tonality and, and, and what that brought to the music that I didn't even know we were missing until you brought it well in fairness and oddly enough i found an ad you know on craigslist of all places which is usually not good it's bad english it's he's, he's still surfing just, from his prostitution days. And, and yeah i was breezing through once every couple months i had just come off a, a really bad experience in in a possible tribute situation and i'm not going to get into it but people who know me know what it was and i just Really bad experience with people who say one thing and do another and that. Well, this is what we want to do, but aren't willing to put the work in to do it. They want so to hand dramatic. it to them. So dramatic. And it was really dramatic. And I, I, I broke my own golden cardinal rule that a good friend of mine, Jimmy Wooten, he plays drums in a band called Gears. Him and I have an unwritten rule, and I broke it, and he reminds me of it every day. And it went the way I should have known. But anyway, I'm, I'm now getting desperate, but almost just like, eh, I don't think I'm going to find anybody worth working with it's just different here but when i came upon the ad i was like "Ooh, ooh, what's this and it was so well written i had a pretty good idea and then i went and started listening to the music and i went look i've never played anything like this but i love it i mean i think you know i think everybody loved um this could kill you you know when when moneyball hit you know rio mighty rio grand hit everybody knows that song and that's very ambient very you know if, if everything... I don't know that song. Wow. It would be the only thing I would consider crossed over in an ambient post-rock uh, thing. Because it was Brad Pitt. And, and they used basically that... I don't know. There's a 30 or 40 second clip from the song before it kicks in that they just kept bringing back into dramatic points of the movie. Yeah. So you're just hit with it the whole damn movie. But anyway, as I said, I was always into movie soundtracks and stuff, but I never sure. thought in a million years I would play it or have a chance to do any of that i didn't play an orchestra i wasn't a, a sight reader you know i was in rock band for god's sake and at a time when i had to rewind and fast forward the tape back and forth to learn a song i didn't have a tab easily accessible by google <laughs> um so my background was like eh, but i was like i'm so desperate for something worth doing and i went and listened to the music and was like holy oh man and again, at the essence of music, it's what do you feel? Does it make you feel something? Yeah, absolutely. Then it's good. Yeah. I don't, jazz, rap, post-rock, you know, polka, doesn't matter if it makes <laughs> you feel something. That's, that's good. And for me personally, I really felt that stuff. Um, I started on Sky just because that's where it kind of came up in the order of things, where I got yeah. to the channel. And, and Messy 87 was the first one I heard. And I was like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm in. So if I remember correctly, I think I did a very crude, like, garage band recording over something at some point before I came down. Or I might have did that at home. But I was very excited. And I, I probably went overboard in our correspondence. And then we got on the phone. I think we talked for like an hour, hour and a yeah. half. First time we talked on the phone. Yeah, sounds about right. I was really ready to go. Yeah. But back to my main point. 
I wouldn't have been that excited if the bass was that terrible on the first two records. I, I really that. liked where it was. And you you did what we're all supposed to do as bass players, which is serve the song. Yeah. Yes, I can get Ely up and down a thing all day long or Johnny Mung, whoever your your favorite you know guy is. I, anybody can do that. The challenge is knowing when to and when not to, and that's been the challenge for me with the new stuff. I mean, I think yeah. I think I have it home. Self-editing like, is by far the most oh. difficult thing that we've went through this entire process. And I know you're feeling that. You can imagine going from, you know, a 16-minute long song that has, like, you know, a three-minute intro before, like, even the main drums come in and an outro that's, like, four minutes to the entire song being, you know, four minutes and 36 seconds on this new album for us. Uh, and I think that leads us to kind of let, let's get into this new record well right? I, well i would say how did how did i get in the so coming into this you had a certain mentality when you put the ad out and have people come down yeah and then suddenly you know i'm here and i mean i i felt like we were vibing pretty well but you know you two obviously have to have a conversation yeah after i come down the first time and make that decision like oh hey wait a minute yeah. you know because that wasn't the initial thought going into it no. to have people come down and and, and you know, well, I think that, during that hour long, however long the conversation was that we had, I think, you know, you know, due to your enthusiasm and, you know, your commitment to the music and the process, that's when it switched in my brain that I'm like, you know, this guy could be somebody we can trust with the music. We can trust him with, uh, you know, showing up and on the schedule and that kind of thing. Um, and making this happen. I don't think he's going to slow us down. And I think that he's going to bring something really special to the, to the band. Um, so that's when we opened up, Derek and I opened up the conversation. It was a pretty um, quick conversation. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah. It was like, was like it, well, of course, Derek is the most laid back guy. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. Go with the flow. Yeah. Okay. That works. Okay. Yeah. You th if you think it's good, I'm good. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. I sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I've absolutely. And, and for all my friends, Back east, yes, I, I you heard him right. I'm workable. I show up on time. I love the music. Some my oldest friends are just laughing like, yeah, right. Who, that's not the guy we know. Yeah, this is um, this podcast is just turning into a uh, resume for Mark at this yeah, point. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've guys. I went on auditions here where I'd show up and they'd be like, oh well, the drummer can't make it. We're just going to play along to a, a tape. And I go, okay, I'm, bass is not even coming out of the bag, gentlemen. Dude. Um. I've seen the worst of it. So I was pretty excited. And then again, diving into it, trying to learn as quickly as I could about somewhat the genre. I, I just the thought of it was terrifying and, and totally exhilarating at the same time. Like, okay, nobody's going to tell me like, Hey man, the course is only four there or Hey, we got to get back into the hook or, <laughs> and, you, and you don't have, vocals. I don't know. I think the intro yeah. should only be two. So it fits into this, this little box that we write songs in. That's all, everything I ever learned, whether I agreed with it, lived by, it's all gone. I'm literally can almost start fresh in my perspective and how I approach what I'm going to put on tape for people to hear or just for us. Sure. Um, and then throw into it, we touched on it earlier, but I can dive a little bit more into, you know, be in the rhythm section of the band and one half of it. <laughs> um, Derek has such a unique... Like, he's already been here. He's already, like, I, I say it in kind of quotations. He already, he already kind of has it figured out. Yeah. So I almost have a guide into this, you know, the world of the light senders and how, how things go. And, man, we, like I said, we did one song on the new record where Sean had sent me the guitar parts. And I, I heard, I just, I remember. And, and I just heard it. I heard the bass line before I played it. And it just kind of, you know, it was one of those eureka moments. And I go, ooh, and I love delay. Like, to the point of, I, I you know, every once in a while, somebody's got to take the pedal off me or come turn it off. I just try to put delay everywhere. And I, I end up not doing it, but I try. Oh, do I try. <laughs> so, I, again, this was a delay thing, which probably gives away what it is on the record. But um, it, it, it came right to me, did a very crude recording right away, and I think I... I took me a couple days to work it out but when I finally had time to sit down and press record and run it I remember I couldn't wait for it to, to convert get it out in an email or text however it sounds like yeah. you gotta hear this like I knew right away I'd hit something and the greatest compliment you played 
you paid me and that was very early and you went I, I didn't even hear that yeah I didn't even I, I didn't even it, it picture the, it ever going that no. way on that part it, could, it absolutely changed the entire complexion of that song it, it fundamentally changed it for the better and that's what I'm saying it's like I would have never came up with that part I would have never read that part I wouldn't have had the gumption to put delay on a bass and put it out as a lead instrument in front um you know even for a certain even for a section like it just wouldn't have occurred to me i would i I literally would have thought of 10 other things to kind of fill that space in that role either using you know effects or synthesizers or guitar parts or um something you know i I even like vocal cuts or something like that would have probably been before i would have thought about the bass well, my thought was it was it was a good complement to what the guitar was doing. So they were almost yeah. not dueling, but they were on the equal footing. Because I, I never think of a bass jumping out front. There's just no point to it really anywhere unless it's a quick break or whatever. Remember, I'm trying to break myself of habits sure. in songwriting going into this. So I was like, ooh, that really kind of jumps around the, the, what the guitar is doing, but never overshadows it. And like I said, that's the only song on the record where I didn't I didn't have a drum to follow. Yeah. Because again, I'm I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff was already written when I came in, so I'm trying to figure it out. All right, what, what fits the music? What doesn't? How far you want to take this? And there are songs where I, I literally go off, and there are other ones where I'm literally just sitting in the cut. But I, I remember, <laughs> I remember the moment I I would knew I was where I was supposed to be. I think it was the first thing I was here for recording wise. And Sean was just doing a quick equalization out on the drums. It was a pretty heavy Tom part. And I, just kind of half ass, I turned around and I was like, oh, we're doing the Phil Collins thing. And, and Sean like, snapped yeah. and looked at me like he, he'd found, you know, a long lost brother. <laughs> <laughs> and we commiserated over the way, you know, in the air tonight, Tom mix that you know, for older people know the song. Although I don't know, everybody's redone it. So that one should be pretty yeah. fresh. But yeah, that was when we kind of, I knew I was where I was supposed to be, but. Okay, so let's get into this new album. So if Derek is an astronaut, is, you know, about exploration and hopefulness and um, overcoming a set of adversities, you know, set in this world that we've created. And, you know, and when the sky was open, was about desperation and desolation and the loneliness of space and you know uh, the loneliness of travel and all of the complications emotionally that come through that um then the burning of finger than lou is the culmination of the end of it all it basically encaps that trilogy of these three albums um you know, the way it was thought and the way it was designed going into it, again, was the continuation of the story that Derek and I were kind of in the background working with. Um, and it's, you know, you, you look at how everything is written, and even if you look at the song names, everything is shorter. You know, you no longer have, um, you know, songs like... Uh, um, the adventures of what is it? The adventures of Explorer ninety six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, of Explorer ninety six. Or like the detachment or, phenomenon. Yeah, where you can just like live in a world for a moment. Now yeah, it's kind exactly. Of like you're, you're and I would say that it. you know the detachment phenomenon was kind of a precursor to end when the sky was open. Yeah, absolutely. Hardcore, it very much so. Yeah, and if you listen to that, you can kind of tell how that song was, was going to lead. Uh, how those two songs connected. You could take the attachment of phenomenon, you could put it on, and when the sky was open and it wouldn't miss a beat, you wouldn't think that it was two separate albums. Um, yeah, I think there was an examination, a full examination of every possible variation in those songs, and that's why you have your 12, 13. I think with with Lou, there, there's there's a desperation, there's an immediacy in the songs and message. There, There's like really, you feel the tension. Yeah, it's so if you take it, it the entire album concept wise, so we're ta- we're taking a step back here and like looking, you know, we're not in the nuts and bolts of like the creation of the album and like how we wrote the parts or anything like that. I'm taking a step back and looking at it from the, you know, 10,000 foot view. Um, from a concept point, you know, that album is about death and rebirth. Um, 
it's the sadness of loss. It is the hope for um, some future. Um, and I'm talking about for the planet. I'm talking about for the entire civilization of mankind. Yeah, just the hope for the absence of all destruction. Absolutely. So if you look at the way the song structures are ordered. So if you take the Burning of Finger Lu, the title track for the album, that is meant to be just an introduction to what you are going to experience throughout the album. Um, I had a few rules for myself. Everything was going to be clear, concise, short. Um, it was going to be very linear. There wasn't going to be a lot of, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, kind of back and forth. It was going to be one linear song that built on itself to a culmination at the end without necessarily getting into a big crescendo at the end or anything like that, although that does happen at certain points during the album. Um, but I wanted to keep the time short on the songs I wanted to um, there was a certain sound in my head and Derek just encapsulated and captured on the drums the drums are so different on this album as opposed to as opposed to when the sky was open um, it was the first time we introduced the double bass it was the first time I was really excited about that you know, the drum, yeah everything yeah it is so good and, and uh, everything is very raw it's very visceral um, the guitars are drier, you know, um, everything is more immediate, it's in your face, it's pronounced, um, as opposed to the first two albums. It's not as uh, ethereal, it's not these long meandering uh, spaces, it's definitely not as pretty. I mean, there's just ugly warts in all parts of the album, that's the point. It's gritty. Yeah, I like gritty. I think like what the other albums would accomplish is like you would go, you would go like what brings me to those older albums is like escapism and tranquility. So yes. like I'm still in a place, whereas this new album grips you in a different way. Yes, uh, it pulls you, and you're right here in the room with it. So this entire album was designed to, and then that was the other third rule was that I didn't want there to be a single moment of silence from play to end of album. Um, I wanted to make sure that it was all one cohesive piece that could be listened to in one session, um, which is what facilitated needing the songs to be shorter um, so it can be listened to in one listen to whereas in When the Sky Was Open, you can do that if you have an hour and 30 minutes to sit down and listen mm -hmm. to a record. Yeah. Um, this new record comes in at just over 38 minutes. It's um, a nice commute. It has a very good re-listenability. Um, you don't, you know, I would say that I really appreciate our fans um, who jumped on with our earlier albums, with our first two albums, because it takes a certain amount of dedication to listen all the way through to fully get and appreciate, you know, the full scope of like what we were trying to accomplish. Um, and so for people that were willing to do that, man, that's awesome. Um, but this new album is much more accessible. Uh, for that reason, if you just wanted to grab a song and listen to it, you could. But honestly, a 38-minute listen for a full album is... It's asking uh, a lot less. It's a lot. It's asking a lot less, and um, it takes you on a ride. And I, I think we, you know, depending on where someone is and their, their preferences, again, that immediacy lends to... It, it's, it's all the good cut of meat. There, there's no fat on the bone here. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and and I would say that like uh going like stylistically, uh you know, post rock can be a very um a varied term um when you're looking at different bands, you know. I would say that my intention with this album while writing it was I wanted to blend um riff-based post rock. So it's like there's still a lot of riffs that are they are carrying the the you know their structured riffs without falling back into that old formula of you know verse course and things like that i wanted the songs to be progressive not as in like prog rock progressive but progressive as in you know starting somewhere and never going back to that part you know and like just carrying you through to the end um you take root and suit the repair those two songs go together that's talking about the beginning at root and it's talking about the destruction um, at soot. You look at fracture and fault, it's the same way. Fracture um, is the beginning, it's the forming of the crack. Um, and then fracture is when it's, you know, destructed. Um, obsequies is the old English term for funeral pyre. Um, that song is, uh, 
It's Dirge? I, I don't know. I, it's, it's kind it's, of our own special funeral dirge. It, yeah, it is. I mean, it's 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 basically the funeral for the earth. This is, is what it, what it's stated. Um, and then Arcan and eons is you know Arcan is uh, one of the very first eons of the earth back basically back when there was like you know nothing but like plasma and yeah you know we're just mean? now the, settled into like the between the zero and the 100 degree fahrenheit range right yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah it was uh it was a very uh yeah there were there was not i mean there obviously had to be some form of life on the planet at that point but i mean i don't know if it was like amoebas or what yeah um, almost life but you know that's uh, that's symbolizing a rebirth so with each one of these songs and the pairs of songs and as they're moving forward uh the entire album is about a rebirth cycle and then each one of those pair of songs is their own rebirth cycle as it's going through between life and death and then rebirth. Um, so that's the theme for the entire album. I would say that, you know, an eons um, is, you know, the final uh, degradation for the entire album. If you're listening, like uh, the burning of Think of Lou is clean and very you know uh, well produced everything is kind of out front as the album progresses and you you get all the way back to eons the album slowly dissolves um the tones and everything kind of get more uh, distorted and um there's a lot more noise and cacophony kind of going on as the album progresses and that was intentional yeah it denigrates there when it gets to eons Muddy, it's just it's not clear. you know, it's clouded. Yeah. Just like the, the future. I mean this is my interpretation now, though. But the future's clouded. It's not clear. We're not sure what's gonna happen. That kinda is how I, I was looking at it. Well and I and, and that's the thing too, it's like I mean we could spend hours and hours talking about the story behind it to the point that it's like we would love to do some type of like maybe graphic novel or something yeah, I was like gonna that say to pull it all together um you know something I'll we've literally talked about days and days of time yeah um like how they have like live readings of john milton yeah like, <laughs> 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 that <would be> fantastic. <laughs> um and i don't want to get in the weeds on that just because ultimately i think the draw with post-rock music is that you know people take their own personal life experiences they listen to it they don't have lyrics and a vocalist telling them what to think or what to feel um it's something that you take from inside you and you project it onto the music and then the music gives it back and that's an emotional connection that i don't want to ruin by saying here's what you should think on this song this is how you should feel like yeah. that's not our job there's like, so uh, much yeah. gray that we work in and making it and yeah. there's so much gray and how it gets received yeah, so it's absolutely. like it's it's so loosely, and I love hearing fans like respond back about how like their interpretation, what it meant to them, their interpretation of like what it means to them, or you know um, how it helps them in some way. Man, oh dude, it's just it's it's the best feeling in the world. It, it, it always cool. helps. It helps immensely when you can hear from the artist. What are right, you know? What what was your motivation? How did you perceive it? Or you know, any kind of thought process or, or emotional attachment from the actual people who wrote it always helps me relate to what they're trying to do and it may be a very gray statement or maybe not at all but at least you know then i form my own opinion from that you know? sure yeah. going into this was very weird because i i had an emotional attachment to the stuff right from the get-go <laughs> but having an, an emotional attachment to it and then trying to put the the proper baseline to it <laughs> two different things totally yeah completely different because i you know I'm, I'm hardest on myself. Nobody's going to be harder on me than me or, or self-checking sure. myself. Absolutely. You know, I have six, seven, eight different takes of stuff at home, rough, you know, rough takes that I worked on on my own to try to find the middle ground where I wanted to be. Um, because I would generally just run record on one take and just let it go and just play and then find the riff or the fill or the, or the basis, whatever. Um, and this is, you know, I've, I've posted and I've said it previously, but it's just – it's the one of the more prouder moments for me as a bass player in that what I finally decided was on made it to the record tape, you know, for us old people. <laughs> um, I'm I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to put it out there to say because I'm I'm invested. It's not 
playing somebody else's notes or not. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent invested in what made it on there, and I'm I can't wait just for people to hear it. And all right, what do you think? Like that's that's where I'm at. Like you never expect anything, but it'll be cool if people listen to it because then I can hear how, what they got from it because it's probably going to be different than how I interpret it. Oh yeah. So look, when you create something and somebody listens to it and it invokes and emotion in them, there's there's no greater feeling. And that's that's why I'm excited when this thing comes out to see the different ways it affects different people. And I can't wait to hear about that. That's why By the way, the February second, February second, twenty twenty four, the Burning of Fingerland movie drops. It's gonna be available on all platforms. You could actually stream it live right now at the lightsenders.com. Um, you can pre order the album right now. It's only seven dollars. Um and uh, that helps us to, you know, keep moving forward and keep producing music and keep releasing new music and hopefully, you know, get it out there to where more people can hear it. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say I love you guys. I appreciate you guys so much um, for uh, being a part of this and uh, making it so much more than what I could do on my own. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to our future together. Um, I can't wait to take this music to the stage. Um, and I can't wait to start, uh, you know, getting out there and kind of hearing the response from fans on this new album and uh, start writing our next one. Yeah, man. I'm really, I'm really excited about, to be honest, I, I'm really excited to just throw it on in the car and listen to it like multiple times to and from work. <laughs> that, that, that's what I've been doing. So everybody yeah. that pre-orders the album, I've been sending them a link for the entire album um, as one track with no track breaks in MP3 format so they could push play and listen to the album as, you know, what we would like them, you know, how we would intend them to listen to it as one 38-minute movement. Yeah. Which, you know, when you look at, you know, our old albums, you know, that would have been two songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> like an interlude Fair. or maybe like. Fair. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, and uh, I'm hoping people are listening to it and digging it. And I know it, it's, you know, could be kind of convoluted because you'd be listening to something and be like, well, which track is this? You know, because you're mm. kind of just in it. But at the same time, you know, hopefully they, you know, a few people will listen to it that way. But if you pre-order the album, you know, you'll get that. I'll send, I'll send you the track link for that. And then uh, we're actually going to be releasing um, those pre-orders today. So the people who pre-ordered it can actually download those uh, flack files. Well, we don't know exactly when the podcast is coming out, but the day we're recording... The day we're recording today, they're getting out, so we're going to start getting these reactions. I'm excited. And what what is the, today? Is Saturday, January today's the thirteenth. Thirteenth is the thirteenth. Monday's the fifteenth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, so today is the day, people, and uh, you would have already received this by the time you hear this podcast. <laughs> but, yes, uh, we're very excited about getting those out there in the world, and uh, our fans are really awesome about creating content for us and taking stuff that they like and putting it together in different videos, uh, posting it on Instagram, you know, going on YouTube and then that kind of thing and getting the word out. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, it's been a wild and crazy experience so far. And again, you know, for Derek and I just starting to just make music for ourselves that we would enjoy. And for, you know, I mean, our latest album to have over 50,000, plays on youtube between the different channels is absolutely insane very surprising and pleasant um <laughs> yes yeah. it's so and, and i i want to i want to say that the post-rock community the post-rock people are the kindest most gentle most loving uh most understanding and open uh group of people that i have ever had the pleasure of coming in contact with um right. man they yes. they uh <laughs> really yeah no, no i was saying like I, I was saying like yeah man like i yeah. he's, he's totally right I, yeah. was... I mean there's not i've i you know normally when somebody posts you know say like take him when the sky was open and it gets added to like you know like in the woods or uh, where post rock dwells um you would imagine that there's always going to be toxic people in the community there's always, always going to be somebody coming forward to have some kind of complaint about something and uh and look, I mean, again, we're making this music for ourselves. It is, we will self-admit these songs are, um, uh, you know, you have to be invested in listening to when you're listening to a 16-minute long track, you know. Um, 
but we we hope that the payoff is worth it. Um, you would expect to have you know people like, wow, this is way too long. I'm bored out of my mind. I can't make it. This sucks. Whatever. Yeah. Not a single comment like that. Not a one. I mean, you know, everybody. It's it, it, that's not to say people don't feel that way, but they just won't. They don't go out of their way to let it be known. They just move on with their day and they find the next group that they're really into. And I love that. And yeah, that's okay. Like We're no not going to be everybody's cup of tea. No, we're definitely not everybody's cup of tea. You know, um, but you know, the idea behind this whole podcast. But there's no toxicity there uh, that I've encountered so far. And uh, I just want to say, you people are awesome. And I've had amazing conversations, you know, through uh, you know private messages, whether it's on Instagram or whether it's been on Bandcamp. Um, where, you know, we're just, you know, like just vibing friends with the fans and yeah. people like <laughs> that are just reaching out and like saying, okay, well, what are you listening to right now? Okay. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, I've been really listening to this or I've been going back and listening to these classic albums, you know, recently that's kind of inspiring me for like the next step that we're taking or, um, it's a really cool back and forth conversation. And, uh, and I've got to meet people all over the world, you know? Um, you know, we've got friends, you know, we, we've got fans in Switzerland and then Denmark and Germany. Um, even the friend from, uh, right. that you made in India who helped us with the last Oh, and photo. did the Kindle war. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, uh, at deep sky wonders on Instagram and uh, he does fantastic, um, photography work. Caught that um, photo for in when the sky was open. Yeah. So we actually end up licensing. And purchasing the copyright for one of his photos, and that actually ended up becoming the album cover for him when the sky was open. Um, you know, it was a beautiful shot that he took uh, in India, um, and uh, I saw it, and I was like, "Man, that really captures what we're trying to accomplish with this album." So I reached out to him, and uh, he's been a fantastic person to work with. He's a really good dude. That's awesome. So um, it's just cr- it's crazy to me. Grant again new guy here um wow because i see it too you know coming but it it's amazing and i see how loyal that that group is you know the yeah. post rock they're so loyal they're, they 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 listen to everything you know it's not like mm-hmm. 30 seconds in and, and you know there's no short attention spans with with these people it's such a loyal i, I yeah well it's because i can't coming. wait for you guys to hear this music man i just can't wait to put it out there and, and get everybody's, you know, interpretation of what, what we did. Yeah, make that splash. It's, wow. Well, I know we've been Rambo for a while. So, again, if you made it this far, if you're still with us, thank you so much. Um, our socials, which you probably should have said at the beginning, but at the Light Senders on Instagram, we are on Bandcamp. That's where you're going to find most of this stuff. Um. We're going to be, we have music in the can. We didn't even make it to this record. So I'm sure we're going to have a powwow and figure out how we're going to get that out there to you because we're going to release it. We're proud of it. It just was just a hair underneath what we ended up putting on the record. It worked, you know, that stuff worked better. So I just I, want I w- to put it I, all out there. I would like to say if there's any of you out there, any creative types that want to collaborate with the band in some way, whether you. Uh, work in art, whether you work in, uh, you know, publication or design or uh, just, you know, want to be a part of it in some way, reach out to us, send us a message. Um, we're the light senders at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email or you can just go to the light and send us a private message there um, or even on Instagram. Whatever it's totally welcome and we're not dicks. No, well, one of us is, but well, yeah, I'm but Derek's but you cool. have to guess who. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, uh, this is a very experimental, open, and a collaborative environment, and we want to keep it that way. Um, we don't want to be closed off, and who knows what the next record's going to bring, because now that that trilogy's done, you know, we can go a multitude of directions and uh, maybe mix it up a little bit, so we'll see what happens there. That's crazy. Yeah, sky's the limit, man. I, I'm excited. For, I mean, you know, we got to get this one out, but I'm, I'm excited yeah. for what's coming. I know. Yeah, if we this get is to gonna, start fresh with a new story, and I can yeah. I can at least uh, raise my hand. Hey, hey, what about <laughs> this? No, you're going to be fully incorporated into the songwriting yeah. process, my friend. No, this oh, isn't, I, I, this I isn't just come it. up with a baseline for something that's already pre-written. No, no this will be. this will be a lot. Of, this will be different for me and and and, and fun in its own way, and from the from the ground up. But 
based on the fact that usually when we get together, folks, just you know, a little inside baseball here, we don't have short conversations. Not one of the three of us do we ever have short conversations. If we're it's adult ADHD. Up, I'd say the, the shortest conversation, and we were in a rush, was probably 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. So we have so much to talk about and relate on so many levels that will translate into the next set of songs that we all write together. And if you're a fan of the band, you should be excited about that because we're really excited. And if we're excited, we're going to write good music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate everybody um, for um, even sending us a message and, you know, messages of goodwill and, you know, letting us know that you appreciate the music and that it touched you in some way. That's honestly the best thing you can do. We don't, you know, I don't care about the album sales. Like people don't write <laughs> post-rock music to make money. That's not what we're in this for. No. Um, it's all about, you know, spreading that love and that passion and the emotional connection. So um, for all of you that took a chance on us to do that, we very, very much appreciate you and uh, look forward to hopefully meet you guys in person here soon when we're playing live all around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got, oh, maybe even we in Europe. Soon. We can't get into details yet because we don't technically have them, but there's so many things, doors that have seemed to open for us that we are going to try our damnedest to take full advantage of. So that means hopefully you'll be seeing us play this stuff live eventually. Um, but either way, we're always going to be having stuff coming out from us, our little camp here, as we just, we just continue to write and continue to collaborate. So it's an exciting time for the light senders. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for buying. Thank you for streaming. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Q&A. When this thing goes goes out, I really I'm I'm excited for that. That'll be my first one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pop pop my my Q and A cherry. <laughs> oh, that's, that's um, so bad. <laughs> again, I'm just uh, you know, yeah. I'm hoping for the reactions here. So again, thank you for hanging in there with us for this one. Hopefully, we'll do more as as we release music or have something to talk about. Um, but yeah, thanks for hanging yeah. in there. And um, man, can't wait, can't wait till the. So this thing is out and out and we see, you know, yeah, for sure. I'm going to have to ditto everything you guys said. And then I'll just really quickly say that the other day I was watching hot ones and it was Colin Farrell that was on there. Nice. And he was saying like, you know, sometimes, and he does, I don't know how often or which movies they are, but he says, yeah, you know, sometimes you have to do a movie for them. And then sometimes you're doing the movie, movie for, for you. you. Like you feel the yeah. role, you feel the script, you connect with it. You're like, you're, 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 it's your baby. Yeah. This is that. Like, this is like, we're, we're doing this because it's what we want to do. And that in itself is already reward enough. Super so rewarding. everything yeah. else on top, like the reception, the love, the support, that's truly icing. Like it, oh, it really does sure. make it all much sweeter. Yeah. So thank well, you very well, much. They call it an art house picture. Is that what they say when they do the yeah. ones for them? This, this is the, art house. This whole band yeah, and thing. all the process is my art house film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But I, hey guys, thank you. Again, thank you very much. Um, thanks to the fans. I want to thank you two guys personally for your involvement in this whole process. Oh, it's early, folks. It's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.